imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Lead Hership Global. We are so happy to welcome all of you to today's program, where we are going to be speaking with Bobby Bedochka. She's going to be talking to us about the key lessons along the entrepreneurial journey, and I can't wait to dive in. You know, nobody is a born entrepreneur. Different people take different paths to achieve success, and there's no set in stone instruction for becoming a successful entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs take on a number of different roles, and these roles can vary depending on what field you choose to enter. But there are a couple commonalities among the most successful entrepreneurs, like having the right mindset. The first thing that new entrepreneurs need to know is that actually failure is likely. Success is certainly not a given. And understanding the risk that you're taking and also understanding that you may not succeed immediately is absolutely key. And you have to be honest with yourself. Entrepreneurship is not an easy path. Excuses will simply not cut it in this field. If your business failed, chances are that you researched poorly, you hired the wrong people, or you just simply weren't prepared. There are so many obstacles in the way of the entrepreneurial journey, as well as the pushing and the pulling and the driving forces that entrepreneurs encounter along their path. And while no amount of preparation is going to ensure that your business will absolutely succeed, I will say you should have ample preparation before the big decisions need to be made. Of course, when you have an expert to help guide you, support you, and motivate you along the way, you are a hundred times more unstoppable than you would be alone. Mentorship allows you to take quantum leaps forward and avoid pitfalls, avoid the mistakes that could cost you your business and your future. And that's why we're so excited today to welcome Bobby Bedochka. She is going to share with us her unique path to success. And I tell you, it is so inspiring because she is someone who is an entrepreneur, who also advises entrepreneurs and even invests in entrepreneurs. So having someone in your corner as an entrepreneur who's been very successful, like Bobby, can change everything. And again, we are so excited to welcome Bobby to the program today. But before we jump in, let me tell you a little bit about Bobby Bedochka. Bobby is a venture associate for Tandem Launch. That's Canada's premier tech incubator. She's also an entrepreneur, an author, and a tech enthusiast. Bobby is always seeking aspiring tech entrepreneurs to build companies with. And she helps her portfolio of companies raise capital funding through Tandem Launch. She is a resident EDI advocate and the co-founder of Win for Science, and that is set to encourage women to remain in science and academia. Bobby participates as a mentor to startups. She's also a charitable board member, and she serves in many advisory roles for entrepreneurs, 
for advisors, for investors, and more. I got to tell you, I am super excited to welcome Bobby to the program today. Bobby, thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you, Linda. So tell us a little bit about your journey. What led you to have such passion around entrepreneurship and building companies from scratch? I mean, for me, um, I feel like without even realizing it, even when I was a teenager or um, maybe even younger, I always felt like I want to run my own business. Um, and so, you know, as, as early as I got started, you know, in my early 20s, I was always trying things. Um, and I probably had a good, I stopped writing them down. <laughs> I think I landed at 17 false starts um, where just my attempt to like, what about this idea? What about that? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And for one reason or another, um, you know, nothing really got off the ground, but I just, you know, meanwhile, I'm still, you know, working, you know, the full-time jobs and, and gaining more experience in education. But along the way, I really just, I never stopped it's like, it's, you say it's like, it's true. People aren't born entrepreneurs, but there is a sense like when you feel like that's for you, it feels like it's part of your DNA. Like it's in my blood. Like I can't live without it kind of thing. Um, and so that's why I just kept going and kept going until, you know, I finally um, not only started to work for a startup incubator, but at the same time launched a successful business. Um, and, and so, you know, that's, it's been, I guess, a, a side obsession until it's become like fully fledged. Yeah, that's great. So it's interesting. You support entrepreneurs and you are an entrepreneur. So there's no one better to help guide us along the entrepreneurial journey than you, Bobby. And as you have learned from your experience with entrepreneurship, what do you think is the number one lesson that you've learned that you'd like to pass on to our audience? Persistence. I mean, I know it's, it's going to be so like, it's an intuitive thing. Um, and, and people are like, yeah, well, of course that's so obvious. Um, but it's easier said than done. Um, it's, it's that whole hustle overcoming obstacles. Um, not, not even looking at failure as failure. It's more like, okay, this thing didn't work. I got to do something else. This isn't a failure. It's not a personal thing. And when you have that sort of that, you know, like you said earlier, we're talking about mindset um, and, and all of that. And, and I do, this is also super important, but it's the persistence side of things. I mean, you could have all of the, you know, positive mindset, you know, get up and go the energy, but if you don't keep persisting, regardless, this is the thing, right? And so when you look at the, at the, I mean, this is what everybody uses right now, the, the Amazon, the, the Elon Musks, the Richard Bransons of the world, especially now that they've all, you know, playing with rocket ships <laughs> these days. Um, but, you know, they've all been at it for decades. So it's, if you don't, so it was not an overnight success. It's so rarely an overnight success that it really just boils down to persistence. Oh, that's so smart. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs give up before that breakthrough. They do. They break down before they break through. Yes. And there's that breakthrough right around the corner for them. And so you, as an entrepreneur, know all about persistence. And you know also how you have helped 
other entrepreneurs with that sense of persistence. And so help our audience understand, Bobby, what do you think is the secret here to dealing with small failures along the way? How have you dealt with small setbacks or small failures along the way? And how do you advise the entrepreneurs that you are supporting and that you're working with to ensure that they have that sense of persistence even when they have some sort of setback or some sort of misstep along the way? Yeah. I mean, I wish I had a, a silver bullet answer for that. And for, there's certain things that are teachable and uh, other things that are a little bit trickier to teach. Um, so it's very hard to teach someone how to be persistent. Um, it's, it's really just something about understanding that you have to set your ego aside um, because I think that whole, I failed and I'm going to get down on myself kind of, kind of thing. This revolves around things like your ego, your, you know, I'm not doing this because I'm trying to solve a problem. I'm doing it because I want people to look at me in a certain way. I want people to see me as successful as opposed to, I'm really trying to solve a problem here. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's two sides of the same coin. Um, and, and when, you know, people are, are, if something goes wrong or fails and they take it personally, um, you know, that's kind of where that, you know, it just means like this thing didn't work. It's kind of like, you know, when you say go to a restaurant and you, you order a meal and you thought you were going to like it and then you had it, and you're like, well, this wasn't really, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And we don't take that personal, right? It's, you don't take that decision home at night and like, you know, real, it's just, it sounds mundane, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like, okay, this didn't work. Let's try this. So then when you're on the problem solving side of things, as opposed to, I want to look good, or I want to be this, and I want to be successful and I want to make the money and, and all of that. And all that's great too. But if that's what drives you, it's then you'll, that's where you sort of get the suffering. Got it. Okay. So what do you think is the most important lesson that you've learned from observing other entrepreneurs that are early in their journey or that are more advanced? Perhaps you're helping them in um, acquiring some sort of level of investment after you know five to 10 years being an entrepreneur. How is that different from an early stage entrepreneur? What are the important lessons that you've learned from observing entrepreneurs along that entire journey? One of the things is really ensuring that you've, you take the time to go through the steps, meaning, you know, some people think that they've got this really great idea and, and because they think it's great, they think everybody else is going to think it's great. And then they don't do sort of their homework. If you don't do customer discovery and you don't start asking everybody in your world and beyond, Hey, if I made this, would you buy it? Hey, would you ever use this? Is this a problem for you? Like you really have to do that whole product to market fit activity. It's like the one thing that nobody wants to do because it sucks. It's early on because you think your idea is so great. And if people are saying, no, I wouldn't do that. And it's like, oh no, I'm crushed. You're like, la, 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 head in the sand. I don't want to hear it. I know my idea is good. I'll just convince people. I'll just convince. They'll know it. I build it and they will come kind of thing. Um, and, but you have to find out if you have a market. And if you have a product that people will buy, and this is like, it's the hardest thing because nobody wants to hear you, that your idea sucks and I'm never going to pay a penny for it. Um, and so they avoid it. Um, but if you do that and you start doing your market research and that you understand 
what it means to do market research. It doesn't mean that you have to go hire a, a marketing research company or that you have to pay you know thousands of dollars for a market research report. There's enough out there free information, but honestly, just start asking any people at the grocery store, your family, your friends, your neighbors, everybody. You start talking about it because if you don't start talking about it, people, um, you won't get information and feedback. And people are like, oh, well, I want to keep my idea secret because if, 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 if somebody finds out they're going to beat me to it. And it's like, that sounds like that might happen. And it does very rarely because it actually takes so long to get something to market and to take a market share and to get success at it. As long as you're already doing it, you're already like way ahead of most people who say they're going to do it and they never do. Right. So you can rely on the nine out of 10 startups fail statistic in that regard. You're like, if you know, you're going to be that one, out of 10, don't worry about the rest of the nine. You have to start sharing your idea. Don't worry about it. And then you have to figure out like, how am I going to build this thing? I need a plan. If I'm going to build it, if I can build it now, depends what it is. How are you going to scale it? And you have to think about that in advance because let's say you do all your customer discovery. I was like, yes, this is great. And then you get going and then you realize I, I can't get the parts or I don't have um, a way to scale this. I don't, if, if something requires manufacturing, do you know any manufacturers at all? So you have to do some homework ahead of time. If you're going to start hiring, who's your next hire? Who, like, who are these things? Do you need a business partner? You're doing it by yourself. It's very hard. Startups are hard. You don't want to be alone in it. You want to have some co-founders there. Co-founded teams are, are almost uh, exclusively funded as opposed to solo entrepreneurs in the uh, venture capital world. Um, and it's just so, because it's so hard. Um, and then if something fails with you, the whole thing goes down. Whereas if you have a co-founding team, at least, you know, if you fail out, the others are still there um, or vice versa, right? So it's sort of like a safety net. So there's a lot of these types of things that you can think about in advance and that you should plan. It's not about writing a business plan. It's about doing like real actual research on the thing that you want to build about how you would build it. And if you build it, will people buy it? Yeah, that's so smart. And I love how you um, suggested that this idea of understanding when to bring on a partner, when to bring on a team, or when to think about investment in the life cycle of that entrepreneur and that entrepreneurial journey, how critical that is. So Talk to us a little bit about that, Bobby. How do you know when it's time to bring on a partner or a team, or maybe it's time to begin looking at investment? Some of the best advice I've, I can give people, um, and I'm stealing this advice um, uh, from Candor, by the way, so I'm not claiming it as my own, but um, is to hire in advance, meaning um, don't wait until you need to hire someone to sort of start the recruitment process, meaning... Um, and it's actually, this maps onto investment as well. Um, don't wait um, that, oh my God, I need someone. And then you, you do a posting, you start you know, posting around and hoping you get someone. You know in advance who you're going to hire. You need to start making friends with people a year in advance, at least. So start meeting people so that you can get to know them. Maybe you might you know, invite them to your board or you might volunteer on something that they're doing too, like so that you can have opportunities to engage with them in a non, like a very, just a regular, you know, business, but, but casual kind of way. So you can just get to learn who people are so that when you are ready to hire, you're like, I already know I've got these five people that I would love to work with because I've already done stuff with them kind of in, in other ways. And, and then you'll know, because if you're going to build a tech thing, obviously at some point 
you're going to need probably a developer. You're probably going to need, um, you know, someone from the hardware side. It depends what it is, but you're going to need an engineer. Um, so you start sort of going around and, and making friends ahead of time. And I, I say the same thing for, for entrepreneurs when they first start a Tandem launch is go start networking. Okay, COVID notwithstanding, but you can still network online. I have met tons of people during COVID um, networking online. So it is possible. But what you don't want to do is when you need something and you go to a networking event and you ask this person like right away, oh, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Like without hiring them, then it's like, no, (laughs) that doesn't, doesn't work like that. You need to start making friends in advance so that you know who you can ask for what, when, and that gives you an opportunity to offer services first. Like I can help you with this. I can help you with that. So that when you do need help one day, you already sort of have like a bank of favors that, that you can call on. Um, and this is a far more effective um, way to build your business um, and start spreading the word. It's the same for investment. Don't wait to, till you need the money um, to talk to you in investors. They are actually happy to hear from you earlier so that you can get to know each other and then they'll see your growth and then they'll know if you're going to be a good company to invest rather than meeting you five minutes ago. And they're like, we're not sure how you got to this point, what it took. Um, but here you are. And so they didn't, then they just look at the numbers um, as opposed to if you have an established relationship with some VCs that have been following you for a year or two, they're going to know what you went through and how hard you worked and how much you went from here to there in that period. So they're going to be like, I, I want to invest in this person because most investors, yes, ROI is like the number one priority, but they really do invest in people um, as opposed to ideas um, or companies. Um, generally speaking. So to answer your question, sorry, is, is, but you can't actually start hiring until you have money. Absolutely. And Bobby, you just explained the value of leadership global too. It's a built-in leadership network where people offer support. They lift each other up. They open up doors. They open up networks. They open up funding, but you're able to support each other in a confidential, private, and supportive community and build those relationships before that need arises. So you have a global network of women that you can call on when you have that need, and you've been able to build those relationships over time in a confidential, supportive, and private community. And I'd say for all women, whether it's Leadership Global or anywhere else, developing that network, that real power tribe of people that surround you, that support you, that invest in you, that um, are there for you to, to, again, check out your idea, check out your business plan, give you objective advice and feedback. That's so critical. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Now, let's talk about Uh, investment and talk a little bit about really how you evaluate a business for investment. What is it that you really look for in terms of investment in a a, a company or as you said, in the business owner, the business leader? And what is it that you find that most business owners and entrepreneurs do that's a big mistake when they're trying to attract investment? So there's so many things that can go wrong when you're pitching uh, to an investor and trying to build that relationship that it's, it, I think that's why the fundraising is one of the scariest and hardest parts um, of, of the startup, especially because you've kind of come quite far by time you are seeking funding. You've done quite a bit of work up to date. 
Um, so there's like, it's, it's, there's a lot at stake. Um, let's, let's just say for, personally, um, one of the things that, uh, we look for and, and other, uh, VCs look for is, it sounds obvious again, but fit. There's a lot of people that, um, reach out to investors who they actually haven't read the website. Like they haven't read, what's their investment thesis? What's the size that they like? Which stage do they like? Um, and then actually read about the partners. Um, some of the bigger um, institutional VCs, of course, they have a large team, so it can be daunting, but you really want to read the bios of, of the partners um, and the associates so that you reach out to the right one that fits you. Nothing bugs a VC more than someone off pitching a company that is so outside the zone of what they do. They're like, you didn't even you didn't look into us at all. Like, that's a bad, beside the fact that we're not a fit, but this tells us something about your ability to understand, um, you know, pitching to a customer or, or trying to seek out clients or distributors. Like that means you're going to mess up all those kinds of relationships too. If you can't even, you know, read a website. So right off the bat, then there's uh, almost always the pitch deck suck. Um, people make horrible pitch decks. And even though there's so much resources online um, and we do also like we give training um, at Tandem Launch, like we are with them trying to help them with their, with their pitch deck, because it sounds easy, but it, it really isn't. It, there, there's a really, when you are an investor, you have seen, I have seen thousands, just thousands of pitch decks. And so the ones that are good stand out and you know, oh, this one's good. Yeah. Um, and then that says that this person took the time and that they're creative and that there's an understanding, there's a level of understanding that they're getting that the others aren't. So then there's that. And then there's the actual pitch. I mean, I can go through all the steps. There's something wrong that most entrepreneurs do through all the steps, then the actual pitch. But the biggest thing that they do wrong is that they often pitch um, the technology and sort of not the vision, right? So what, what investors have told me in the past is that, you know, they don't want a, a product masquerading as a company, that means most startups have a thing that they're selling. This is the thing I'm selling. But investor is not, this isn't a sales pitch. This is a company pitch. This is a long-term relationship. It's not you just go buy my products, but you're going to be with me and my board for 10, 5, 10. Like, it's a while. Like, it's, and, and it's easier to divorce your husband than it is to get rid of an investor from your board. So you want to be like, you know, really careful in engaging those relationships. But when you pitch your product and not your company, then people think you lack vision. It's like, okay, so let's say you're, I don't know, you've made some, I don't know, new microphone or whatever. And you're telling in the pitch how I'm making this new microphone and there's going to be this market. And, and, you know, here's the, the, why it's different. They get into a bunch of technical details, which at that moment, nobody actually cares about um, because it's all about getting to the next meeting, right? So if you're pitching for an, to an investor to engage with you, there's certain things that you you want to say enough to get them interested, but don't like spill the jelly beans, right? You don't want to like, don't tell them every single thing about every single thing. Leave something to be asked a question or what's going to, you know, what will they discover later kind of thing. But they want to see that you have a vision, that it's not just this product that I'm selling because, okay, say that product sells. Okay, I'm Apple. I've made a I've made a computer. Now what? Okay, 
well, oh, okay, we have, oh, we can do laptops, we can do iPads, we can do, so there's like this, you have to have a vision of where's this going to go in 10 and 20 years, because that's the investors are thinking about it down the line. When something sells, then what? How are you going to expand? Where are you going with all this? What, how are you changing a paradigm in your industry? How are you disrupting? How are you not just making a slight improvement on a product, but how is this going to change the way that people approach the product? Look at Tom's shoes. When they came up with that whole, uh, you buy a pair of shoes, we give a pair of shoes. Well, how many companies after that really started? Because then that really appealed to the sort of the millennial crowd where, you know, more of us now care about the, you know, social causes and environment and everything like that. So when you incorporate that in your business, more than just having a corporate responsibility, um, you know, policy, you're actively doing something that the customer participates in. Um, Well, then you saw that that was a paradigm shift in selling, um, right? So those are the kinds of things that people miss out. And this is what investors want. I love that. Thank you. And I love this idea that, you know, the founder has to have a 10-year vision. They have to understand the kind of impact they're making in the industry and how they are creating a pivot in the entire industry that they're serving. That's just brilliant. And it's also a bit daunting, but also exhilarating, really exciting to think about that, that you have the opportunity as an entrepreneur to change the very foundation of a particular industry, the way that uh, a product or service goes to market and the way that that audience is being served. That's amazing. You don't have to prove it. Yes, you have your product and this is the thing that you have now, but the vision Nobody needs you to prove that. So you can really be as grand as you want because it's down the line, but they just want to know that you really start thinking about it. That's so smart because I think that a lot of times as an entrepreneur, it's easy to fall in love with your product or your service and just believe it's the best. It's absolutely the best. And, you know, that will carry you very far, whatever it is that you have developed that is going to be the saving grace. But in fact, you always need to be in the mode of evolving and changing and questioning and learning and growing and advancing your idea. If you start with a widget, what does that widget look like in five years, 10 years, 15 years? That's right. I love that. So let's also talk about leadership advice for a moment. Now, Bobby, you've had an unbelievably fascinating and impactful career where you've both been an entrepreneur and you've advised entrepreneurs and you've advised investors about which bets to take regarding entrepreneurs. So you have seen uh, entrepreneurialism from every single angle. You've been an investor, you've advised investors, you've been an entrepreneur, you've advised entrepreneurs. And so along that way, I'm sure that you've received leadership advice that was really impactful for you. And love for you to share one piece of leadership advice from your experience that you think might be equally impactful for the listeners of Leadership Global. Um, well, it probably will come as no surprise uh, that, that I might say leadership is really about um, empowering others to lead. It is, it is the, it's not about just delegating work. It's about how do I empower my team or my people um, to do the things that, that will make them into leaders. So if you're just always kind of thinking about how do I, I'm not training an employee, I'm training my next leader. Um, and, and that requires a lot of listening and a lot of um, coaching, background coaching, right? So a real, a real proper 
successful leader, I think, is one that's a little bit not on the forefront, um, a little bit behind. It was you put your people sort of in front of you and you're pushing, you're pushing them. And I, I think that that, it just feels right too, you know, it, otherwise, because if I'm taking all the glory um, when it's really like the team contributed as much, if not more, um, you know, blood, sweat and tears, especially when it's the startups, like it's hard. It's very, very, very hard. Um, you have lots of ups and downs and you need that support. And if it's always you taking the credit um, and not pushing, pushing your people forward, then yeah, that, that leadership itself goes away pretty fast because then people get why or they leave. I love that, Bobby. That's so smart. And so I want to wrap up today with just an open invitation, Bobby, for you to provide any kind of perspective or any kind of advice or guidance that you think will be most impactful for those would-be entrepreneurs or those early in their entrepreneurial journey to ensure that they do have that level of persistence that you were speaking about earlier. Pick away at it every day. If you take a blank piece of paper and every single day, Every task you do, it's one dot on that paper. One dot. At first, it looks like I've done nothing. Each day, you have to pick away and you have to pick away and pick away. Trying to like do these big things very quickly. Generally, that's not the way. And generally, people burn out because you, you're not unlimited uh, you know, in, in your energy, in your time, in your effort. Um, and so when you are actually picking away, picking away, that's the persistent thing. It's like, even if it's just Jerry Seinfeld, he writes a joke every day. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You have eventually, and you know, thousands of them are going to be garbage, um, but you have to keep picking away. That's the persistence of it. It's not just about, I am going to persist. And each day I show up each day, you have to do something, even if it's small, do something, do something, do something it adds up over time. Yes. Yeah, so smart. Bobby, thank you so much for your time. You were so inspirational, but you also brought such actionable insight to our audience, made it something that I think everyone can implement in their daily jobs, whether they're an entrepreneur or not. Simply pursuing your purpose, pursuing your dreams takes tenacity. It takes persistence. Whether you are starting your own entrepreneurial journey or you're following someone else's, I will tell you that it is absolutely critical to be consistent, persistent, tenacious in your pursuit of success, however you define that. So Bobby, again, I am so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful that you shared such incredible wisdom and insight with our audience. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. Really my pleasure, Linda. Thank you. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.